Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. This is 1039 LI News Radio. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. This is Frank McKay, but more importantly, my very special guest is a very talented lady, and she has put together a collection of letters that, uh, that are so nice. A letter to my mom, and Lisa Urs Palmer is our very special guest. Lisa, how are you? Great. Thanks for having me. Now, where did the where did the idea for these books come from? Well, originally, we um, I was having dinner with a publisher friend and um, a photographer friend who actually had photographed my dog for my birthday as a surprise. And I said, gosh, we should do a dog book and we should call it a letter to my dog and have people write, you know, letters to their pups, right? And I, I'm a big dog mom and I love my dog Me so too. much. And yeah. he, he sort of laughed and said, okay, I'll buy that right now. And so we started putting it together. And as we started gathering the letters from people, we realized how powerful the idea really was. And, you know, people, it seems when people sit down to write a letter, they automatically know that they're writing a love letter, and at least for this project. And um, they really do sort of get to the heart of their connection with, you know, their dog, their cat, and now their mom. So we did dog first, then we did our pet book, and then um, a letter to my mom, our human version, yeah. came out. Um, you know, recently. I imagine this, this, really, be, this, this has to be the tough one, <laughs> writing the letter to your was, mom. Well, it really was. And, you know, I, um, I wrote a letter to my mom for the book, but it was really hard for me to do. And I, you know, went back and forth the whole time. Should I do it? Should I not do it? What if I write it and it's not good enough? And um, I feel embarrassed. Or is it too intimate for me to write this letter to my mom? Uh, will it be too much, too hard? But I decided to do it, and, you know, at the end of the day, I'm so glad I did because I really do think that in a lot of ways, you know, we sort of broke through a little bit of a wall that we had just by me taking the time to sort of express how I felt about her. You know, I'm not, like, that emotional with her, and so I think it was really – it was just really more profound than I had anticipated, but not easy to do. How long was the process? How long did it take you to write a letter to your mom? Well, I, you know, I, like, sort of stuck my feet in the sand for a while, and then I decided to do it on a plane when I was a hostage. Wow. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, Captive. I move. I well, yeah, because, you know, if you're on a plane, it's not like I could go do laundry or, you know, do all the things that I do when I'm in a procrastination mood or mode. <laughs> right. And, and so I was on a six-hour flight, and I decided to write it then. And I also, like, committed to myself that I wasn't going to try to make it perfect. I was going to let it be what it was, and and that was going to be that. And that's kind of how it happened. And you know, But to my mom, it may not be the most perfect letter in the world, but to my mom it is. Like all of our moms, you know, most of our moms think we're pretty amazing. And for her, I think just hearing the words, you know, I love you and thank you for everything that you did for me throughout my life, you know, thank you for believing me. I think her knowing that I remembered and that you know some of the things that she did i think made a big impact on her so let me remind everyone who just may be tuning in or if they just turned on their radio that this is frank mckay but my very special guest is lisa urs palmer 
and she is uh, ju- just a wonderfully talented lady, a, a oh, television producer, uh, and spent yes. some time with Oprah Winfrey, which uh, yes. y- you can't spend time with a, a much better person than that when you talk about <laughs> TV, media, or, or anything. Just and forget about TV, media. Did Oprah write a, uh, and I haven't gotten through the whole book, uh, did she write a, uh, a letter in this book? She didn't write a letter to her mom, but she did write a letter for the first book. She wrote a letter to her dog, Luke, in um, our first book. I think she wrote two letters, yeah. but definitely to Luke. So, um, yeah, and a letter to my dog. How many people did you ask to write a letter uh, that said, I just can't do it? I would say there was a handful, not a lot of people, but for some people it was too hard, especially um, a couple of people whose moms passed in the last you know, few years. They just weren't ready to sit down and do it. It was just too emotionally hard for them to really push through that. I'm but not, we, did, yeah. we do have lots of tributes in the book from people whose moms aren't here any longer. And I think when you're when people are ready to do it, I think it's a really healthy exercise. When you, you know, to just really tell them what you think in a letter, so that you can really write that down and have it, even you know, if it's only for yourself. When you ask the folks. To, uh, to do this, what, was anybody, and you don't have to name names, but was yeah. anybody completely dismissive, like they thought this was a silly idea, this is ridiculous? Was, were people, was there anybody like that? And do you think they were truly like that, or they just, uh, they just didn't want to touch there? Well, we didn't have that reaction at all with mom. We did with cat and dog. Oh, okay, well, that I see. I, I, I get that. Even yeah. though I have dog, a dog and cats, I got five cats. Uh, yeah, I, I think if you can't, yeah. Okay. I think if yeah, you came up think, to me, I'd have that, uh, not dismissive, but I'd be like, oh, my God. What well, I we had a couple people say, like, my cat doesn't read and <laughs> stuff like that. And yeah. I was like, I know. But, you know, for me, like, I'm such an animal lover, and I really do. You know, my dogs have, you know, in many ways saved my life, and I am grateful to them. And so to, I think sit down and write a letter. It may seem silly, but I do think that, you know, our point was, our connection to our animals is really significant and you know they do really make us better people and i think they do teach us a lot about love and unconditional love and things that humans aren't really capable of and so you know we actually kind of we took it seriously like it was serious to us and i think the people who participated were really happy they did i think people love to know about their special pet you know, you mentioned the six-hour plane flight. Uh, are are yeah. you are you an emotional person? I mean, could you could you write that letter to your mom, and and like really reach down without breaking down in front of all these people on on the plane? I mean, were you in a special seat? Were you in first class? Were you kind of <laughs> hidden? Were you in the back? Where were you? Well, I wasn't in a special seat necessarily. I think I just was in the zone, and so I was able to finally do it, and. Um, You know, I definitely, I cried more reading everyone else's letters, and we cried all the time when we were putting this book together. Um, Anne, who produced the book with me, was pregnant at the time, so, you know, one big emotional upheaval (laughs) after another. As we read the letters, you know, we were both so, you know, they were so powerful to read, and we read them out loud because we thought it was our best way to sort of decide which ones we wanted to put in the book and where. And so we cried a lot in that process. And I think I cried after I read it. I didn't cry while I read it. because I mean, while I wrote it, I think because I was just trying to do it. And um, 
but then as I, as time went on, like the anticipation of the book coming out, I was so nervous. Like, how's my mom going to react? And, you know, I knew she would be happy about it and I knew she would be emotional about it, but I, I was, I think worried, like, will this be too intimate? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, um, and now, that was probably really what we needed now in our who, relationship. Who did you mention was pregnant? You were pregnant or your uh, your partner was pregnant? No, Anne. Anne, Anne okay. produced the book with me. She's pregnant with her first baby, baby Brooke. So I think for her, what was really interesting, too, was seeing somebody who's about to be a new mom, like, read what people remembered about their childhood and or the things people remembered that their mothers did for them. Mm. And I really feel like we learned a lot about what is important. Yeah, because, you know, nobody wrote about like the trip around the world you gave me or whoever had that. I don't know. But or like, you know, the um, the, you know, getting my first, you know, purse or, you know, the shoes. You, it was never about the things that people got for their kids. It was always about the moments that they had with them. And so it really did sort of, you know, in a lot of ways. So it's like, gosh, you know, we always think like we need more and more and more. Like, we want to be able to give our kids everything, and sometimes everything we didn't have ourselves. And in reality, I think what kids want and what kids need is more time with their parents. Just a reminder here, Frank McKay with a very special guest, Lisa Erspalmer, and she is uh, author and the creator of, of three wonderful books. And uh, and this last one, or the, I shouldn't say the last one, the latest one, because yeah. I'm, I'm sure there'll <laughs> right. be a dad one coming up and a grandma, yeah. and all, right? But a, a letter to my mom, and I'm sure very soul searching, and and like you said, for uh, the woman that is going through a pregnancy, thinking, wow, I mean, the, li- yeah. look at all this heavy stuff. That must have been a very heavy situation to uh, yeah. to deal with for her and you know i guess for all of you but yeah. especially for her well, it was very illuminating i think for us too you know i think for Anne, in a lot of ways i think it was a great like look inside parenting and motherhood and really the power and the connection that we all have with our moms is so you kind of forget what that is you we kind of all take it for granted and as we read these letters and have, as we went through them all you know, you see, like, that power, that connection is intense. And I, I know it is for dads as well, but um, as we went through these mom letters, you know, that's, you know, we, we've said, like, you know, moms really are our first love. You know, they're the first person you bond with when you're born. So, and um, that relationship definitely inspires your future and where you end up and how you are in the world. And I, I know for me, I never take the time to thank my mom. Most Mostly I complain about her. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, she's so annoying. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so it was really good to, like, you know, take the exercise to, to really take a moment to thank her. Because moms really do, they they give up a lot for us. And, and so do dads. But, you know, we don't, I think, always think about what it is that they had to do in order for us to have the life that we have or had as children. And so that's really what we hope people take away from this book um, is really the specialness of moms and that they take time in their own lives to write somebody they love a letter so that they know how they feel because, you know, it's definitely the best gift to give now, and get. 
Now, as we mentioned before, you worked with uh, as a producer for the Oprah Winfrey Show, which is, I did. You know, just an amazing experience. So did <laughs> yeah, both of you did. We you, sure did. Yep. Yeah. Now, is your is your mother a fan of Oprah? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I was there for I did the show for almost seventeen years, and then I, um, you know, helped launch the network. So, you know, Oprah's been in our lives for, you know, two decades. When I mean, you, I sort of grew up on that show. When you think of soul searching, the uh, first name that pops into my mind for whatever reason is Oprah. <laughs> you know, she's, yeah. uh, you know, boy, she uh, she touches on a lot of things, and and it seems real to me. I I don't know Oprah. I've for never sure. met her, but I mean, she's obviously she's a legend, and she's beyond. Yeah. She's beyond entertainment. She's much. She, you know, launched the presidency. I mean, let's let's face yeah. it. I mean, she's <laughs> right. an amazing, an amazing figure in history. I mean, and there's no doubt that that's you know, hopefully a hundred years from now, uh, you know, that's what uh, that that's what it w- will be. But yeah, prior to sure. prior to Oprah, were you a soul searcher uh, growing up? Were you the type of person that was always uh, you know, introspective. I I think I was mostly, I, I think I was more, I don't know if it's even connects, but I was more driven. I wasn't really thinking about the inner me. I was mostly thinking about um, how can I have the opportunity to create in really television. I was dying to be in television from a pretty young age. And I think I didn't really start looking at myself until many years of working there, <laughs> working with Oprah. I didn't think about it. it. It just wasn't even top of mind. It was more I really wanted to tell people stories. I thought that was the greatest opportunity on the planet. And it's what I really wanted to do. And it's actually why I sought her out, because I loved how Oprah talked to people from all different walks of life and that she was, you know, sort of opening our eyes like Bill Donahue as well because I also really loved him but you know they talked to people that might be different to some and you know and I felt like that was such a great way to learn about the world well you are certainly were right and I think a lot of people would agree with you let me ask you a little bit about uh, about your life and your career and and your biography but I'll remind people of who they're listening to and it, you're listening to a very talented lady, an author, a, a book creator, a television producer. As she said, she worked for Oprah, or she worked for the Oprah or on the Oprah and Winfrey show for 17 years. She helped launch the uh, the the O Network, right? And just a yeah. uh, just a, a wonderful job on all of that. Her name is Lisa Erspama, and uh, it's a tough name to pronounce. I, say it, you, you, say it, so we get it right. What is it? Okay, it's Earth Palmer. Earth Palmer. Okay, that's it. You had it right. I got it. I got it right. It I, it, perfect, Frank yeah. McKay is much easier to say than Earth Palmer, but uh, <laughs> it is. But I got a little confused when I first saw it. So but, you know, yeah, yeah. right. Well, let's let, let's do a little bit of your history. First of all, where were you born? Where were you raised? I was born in um, Westminster, California, which is a suburb. It's in Orange County. It's sort of uh, east of Huntington Beach. Not small town, like you know, L.A. suburb. It's an L.A. suburb, yeah, but south, about an hour south of Los Angeles proper. Were your folks yeah. in the uh, in the entertainment business? They were not. My father worked for an aerospace company, and my mother was a fourth-grade teacher forever. <laughs> wow, that's interesting. That, that, that's, yeah. 
it's interesting going from a life where you're raised by a fourth grade teacher and uh, and going to the Oprah Winfrey show where it, where basically I mean it's a it's it's a huge I, in, in my mind, and again, I know yeah. there's sensationalism everywhere, but it's a huge, uh, like, self-help class <laughs> in the Oprah Winfrey show right, in some ways. Sure. And, yeah. yeah, so it's it's pretty interesting. Uh, so after, uh, it, well, let's get into high school a little bit. W- what did you do in high school? What were you concentrating on? Well, I didn't really, I mean, you know, in high school, I was just trying to get out, frankly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I went to a Catholic high school, and I... Um, actually started in television right after the, the following fall as an intern. And um, I tried to do college in interspersed throughout the, that time, but I was lucky enough to get a job in TV as an intern, and I think I told them that I was in college at the time. And I just kept having more opportunities, so I kept taking them. And that was in you know 1986 is when I first started to intern. And it was actually the year that Oprah went on the air in Chicago mm. as the Oprah Winfrey show. And um, and I had set my sights on her at that time, <laughs> randomly. Yeah. Well, and you knew early on. You knew early on. This is... Well, prior to, work, prior to Oprah coming on the scene, I wanted to work with Phil Donahue. And I guess I just watched that show when I got home from school, and I was so interested in all the people that he was interviewing. I thought, like, gosh, I want to go work for him because I'll just learn so much. And then Oprah came on the scene, and I'm like, well... You know, it'd be even more amazing to work for a woman who's doing this. And um, it was not right away. I mean, it was seven years later. I'd, I'd done some work in television. I'd, I'd, I'd done a lot of radio, and including with Tom Snyder, which was a total trip. Hmm. And then um, I ended up getting a job freelancing at the Oprah Show and then eventually got hired on staff. Tell, us a, tell us a little bit about uh, Tom Schneider, what it was he, like uh, working for him. Well, it was amazing. I mean, he was amazing. I had actually read about it. I did take some college courses, and I think I had done a couple years throughout this time while I was working in television and radio. And Tom, we had read about him in a communications class, and, you know, he was really larger than life on so many ways, in so many ways. Very tall, really long arms, very expressive. And he knew about everything and about everybody. And I love that part of him. You know, he was really a compelling compelling guy and I really um I love the old broadcasters and I was sort of obsessed with them from a young age and so all those people came through the doors you know like people who are still around today but you know all the Peter Jennings and the uh Tom Brokaws and all those people would you know come in and do interviews with Tom so for me it was much better than going out on a Friday night hanging out with Tom Snyder in the studio hearing these legends talk about their unbelievable careers but he was a lot of fun oh uh, yeah you you certainly have some background it's amazing a letter <laughs> to my mom is the name of the book everyone should get it don't don't illegally download it buy the damn thing <laughs> lisa erspama is the creator of of this and and two other books she worked with oprah winfrey for 17 years but uh, that's uh, that's not uh, that's not her whole resume. It's a tremendous resume. Lisa Erspalma is, uh, again, our very special guest. This is Frank McKay. In, in about a minute and a half, what can you tell us about what's going on with the book now? I mean, you're, you're obviously you're promoting it. Do you, do you like that part of it? Do you enjoy this? Yeah, I love talking about that. I mean, I, yes, I love to talk, period. Probably why I ended up on talk shows. But, um, 
Yeah, we. I love talking about the book because I, I do think that people get inspired to write letters, and whether they buy it or not, which we hope they do, but if they don't, you know, we really think that the, the act of writing a letter is important, and we hope people, you know, will be inspired to do that in their own lives. So for us, it's a lot of fun. I mean, we. I mean, I think it's also, you know, we think it's amazing that we're published because <laughs> I don't think, you know, it's sort of an opportunity that. Number one, I never expected, and that I'm super grateful for. So it's, you know, it's really kind of exciting for us. We're coming right up on a break. Give us a website where people can kind of follow you, follow your career. Is there a social media component to you? Well, we have um, sites for every one of our books. Well, I'm at my Twitter handle and Facebook is um, Lisa Palmer, but we have one for every book. So we have a letter to my dog.com, a letter to my cat.com, and a letter to my mom.com. And then all the Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, the Instagrams that are attached to those. Well, we're coming right up on a break. This is Frank McKay, but more importantly, Lisa Erspalma is our very special guest. Get the book, A Letter to My Mom, and that's a big part of our conversation. When we come back right after this break, a little more about her career and, and, and Oprah and a little bit of everything. Lisa Erzbommer when we come back. I'd like to welcome everyone back to Breaking It Down. This is Frank McKay. And my special guest is from 17 years of experience with the Oprah Winfrey Show and helping to launch uh, the, the network, the Oprah Network, and uh, also years with Tom Schneider, which I want to ask you a little more about. But get this book before I introduce her. Write down a letter to my mom and two other books. You'll find, uh, you'll find the connecting a letter to my dog, a letter to my cat, but a letter to my mom. Get it, and I dare you to read it without kind of choking up a bit. Lisa Erspalma is my very special guest. Welcome back, Lisa. Thank you. Now, Tom Schneider, I, I, we started talking a little bit before the break. I always thought Tom Schneider was an underappreciated commodity. I mean, he really had his, his hand on the pulse of a lot of... He had Kiss on, like, very early on, you know, just, like, yeah. very very early on in the process. And, and I thought it was amazing. And, it, you know, I know it's been parodied or whatever, but he always seemed to have a, have a, have a little bit of a, a finger on the pulse of what was going on. And in some ways, he was made fun of as if he didn't. Now, it, it, did you experience that? Well, yeah, I think... You know, what I think, what, well, he did. He he knew everything about everybody. You know, he was the type of person, I think he just was so well-read and so engaged in what was going on in the world that he, you could pretty much ask him anything. And he would have an answer. I mean, he really, I think, I think there's a difference between that old school broadcasting group and the way that they did the news and reported the news. You know, they were really in it. Remember, didn't Dan rather like tie himself to a pole in a hurricane? Yeah. You know, they they led very different lives than today where you have tons of producers and all that kind of stuff. I think they um, were relied on to know a lot about what was going on in the world. And he really did. His memory was unlike anyone I ever met. What? He, would, he had incredible recall. Lisa, what did he think of the, the Dan Aykroyd um, portrayal of him, the, the parody of him? You know, we never talked about it, but I'm sure he would have. I'm sure. I think it was definitely existed while I was working with him. Um, I think that he probably took it in jest. I mean, he's not around any longer, unfortunately. Right. But he, um, 
you know, he, he had a really good sense of humor. David Letterman took over his office. So when the Tomorrow Show went off the air, the tonight, I mean, the late show, or David Letterman's show, was born, right? Yeah. And so David Letterman, his new office was Tom Snyder's old office. So David Letterman would send giant pieces from the office to Tom, like, as a joke. But, like, huge <laughs> things. Like, the entire, like, an entire wall of curtains would come in a giant box to our little office and, you know, a couch. Just random. Or or David Letterman would call in and, you know, create a character who would be calling in to ask Tom questions on the air. And Tom always loved that and had so much fun with it. It was a real honor for me to work yeah. with him. I, 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 can, I loved it. Yeah, I can imagine. Lisa Erspalmer is the voice you're hearing, and you're listening to a very talented lady. And uh, the book, the name of the book is A Letter to My Mom, and it is a collection of letters from some of the most famous people uh, you can imagine writing heartfelt letters to their mom. And, I, it, you know, I, I imagine, I, it, listen, it, guys will say, oh, I don't want to read that or whatever. But guys will sneak, <laughs> sneak a copy, and I urge everyone to buy it. Lisa Erspalmer Ers has, uh, has worked with Oprah Winfrey for 17 years and helped launch the network and, uh, and worked with Tom Schneider. Did you work with Letterman when he took over that office? Or did, did you I did, didn't. It didn't overlap. I never worked with him. We did, we, I've never worked with him. But he, um, and actually, Tom was doing the radio show out here. It was ABC Radio that we were doing. Um, but I did get to meet David Letterman when he finally did an interview with Oprah. And that was a lot of fun. I mean, I was just, you know, he's, he's, a, he's another one. He's sort of like that kind of like broadcaster who kind of knows everything that's going on in the world and has a lot to say about everything. And he, um, it was really cool to get to meet him. What was your, what were your duties like over at the Oprah Winfrey show? Were you in booking at all? Well, I actually ran the booking department. So you did. I, well, that's interesting. I worked in every department. You know, I started as an associate producer and worked my way up in the company. Um, but I loved booking. Booking was one of my real passions because I feel like that's the origin of everything. Getting the, that's the, the lifeblood. It's it's the it's the it show. Is. I mean, really. I mean, it's it's the talent of the host, and it's uh, of course the cast uh, of of crew cast and crew around her. But uh, but really, that's the lifeblood. Uh, that's interesting that you that you handled the booking. That great booking for that show. Well, we had a whole big old team, but I um you know oversaw that team. They were amazing, and it was you know that's I really loved booking. I loved it from my radio days and. Um, all the way through. I mean, we book now. I consider when we, you know, ask people to participate in our book, that's sort of the same process. And we, you know, really like keeping, you know, we like keeping that going in our work. Because I do think it's so important. Do you know the name Paul Block? Do you know Paul Block? I is? love Paul Block. Yeah. One of my favorite people. Yeah, I had him. people in town. I, I had him on the show. I was dying to get him on the show. And uh, he was a, a talent booker for, for Johnny Carson for six years and, and worked for Mike Douglas. And it was such a fascinating uh, conversation with him about He's things. such a legend. And, and yeah, no, no doubt about it. And, I, I mean, you, you, you realize overseeing the, the booking department or the, uh, the apparatus for Oprah Winfrey uh, is—, is bigger probably than what what Paul Block was doing at the time and what Paul Block was doing was monumental I mean because the Tonight Show well, was unbelievable you know and the power yeah, for that sure. had. but well and, and Paul you know he's you know one of the legendary PR people and rep some of the biggest names in entertainment 
Legendary. And legendary. Legendary. And that that is that far exceeds what we're doing as far as booking for sure. But having a relationship with him was always important and I loved Paul Block because when I was doing the Oprah show, he repped Tom Cruise and he repped John Travolta and um, you know, they were obviously people we really were interested in having on and he was always one of my favorite people to deal with. He's so special. Well, now, I asked him, and I know there's always trepidations on this. I'm not even looking for dirt, necessarily. Right. But I, what I said to him is, I, it, was there anyone that, uh, that Carson said, listen, no way am I, you know, do I want to deal with this person at all? I, I, I do not want to deal with this person. Um, keep them out. And, and he kind of pushed for it. And he said, no. He, he said, listen, it's Johnny Carson. <laughs> if he said yeah. no, he said no. And I imagine it's the right. same thing with Oprah. But was there anyone, and, uh, you know, and maybe it's it's out there and you don't even have to name the person, but was there anyone where Oprah said, no way, not this person, I will not deal with this person? Not really. I mean, not that I remember. You know, I feel like anybody that had something interesting to say or had a compelling story felt like the right thing. Remember, we had to do 200 shows a year, you know, 150 to 200 a year. So, you know, we had a lot of real estate, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. to, to fill. Like, we, we, if it didn't feel like the right fit, you know, sometimes we'd try to, like, you know, turn it on its head a little bit to see if we can come at it from a different angle. But for the most part, you know, Oprah loved talking people and, and, you know, that's what we did every day. So, you know, we pretty much had everybody on at one point or another. W were you there for the Tom Cruise jumping on the couch, I love Katie Holmes? Uh, I was. You were? I was there, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, was, uh, were you expecting him to do that? Was that rehearsed? Was that uh, just spontaneous? Was no, that... no. It was totally spontaneous. And I think, you know, as a woman and with an office full of women, you know, we were like, totally dazzled and he really <laughs> was in love with her you know so we were like who doesn't want somebody to jump on a couch for you yeah right and uh, that you was uh, that really, was parody we literally a bunch of girls going oh my god look at that <laughs> yeah it was for us it was really sweet i think it got sort of it got you know it became i think the news media and the internet they took something really special and, and really sweet and made it into something that it really wasn't in, in the moment it was just so sweet and you know, they were newly in love, and it was, you know, the, the guy that every woman on the planet would want jumping on a couch for them was jumping on the couch for somebody. So I'm sure a lot of women were very jealous. But in the moment, it was really adorable. Lisa Erspalmer is the name that, or the, is, is the name of the person that you're listening to. Erspalmer. Let's get it right. Erspalmer. And this is Frank McKay, which is easier to say, but less important for sure. Lisa Erspalmer has put together a wonderful, wonderful collection of books. But the latest is A Letter to My Mom and it, it just a wonderful, wonderful collection of letters by some of the most famous people in the world. A letter my, to my dog, and I was kidding about uh, your dog. I love, I love my dog, and he barks whenever oh. I home record. He barks all the time, and I don't even care. Oh, yeah. you know? it just, he's, he's <laughs> know. A, Mine are so bad. I, I'm not a very good dog trainer. <laughs> yeah. That would not be a profession I would be very successful at. Yeah, but it, it's, <laughs> so. it's not about training dogs. It's about loving dogs and having them loved yeah. back. And that's, that's what, what kind of dogs do you have? I have a um, Yorkie who's sitting right next to me like a little angel, but she's really not. She's a little dog. <laughs> And then I have a Chihuahua that I rescued from a kill shelter when we were doing the dog book oh, wow. named Grace. 
she's just heaven, heaven on four legs. Yeah. But they're both, you know, they're both five pounds, and they both act like they're giant. So, did you have, I, you know, and again, not to get, uh, you know, not to, to get negative here. Did, did you guys ever have Michael Vick on the Oprah show? Gosh, I don't remember. You remember? He, I feel like I don't think we did. Um, I don't, you know, I, I went to do the network during mid midway through the 24th season. So I can't really, I don't think we did. Well, let's, let's, I'm not totally sure. Let's broaden the, the spectrum, right? Uh, you know, you're a dog lover. I'm a dog lover. Like I would have uh, such a difficult time. It wouldn't time. have been a good thing if I was in the building. If right. It ever was. So I would have had <laughs> a different, you know, I think, yeah. I would have had a difficult time, uh, like separating, uh, you know, what, what, for example, he did. Uh, from you know, from the uh, the pro- uh, professional aspect of uh, of doing it, it, it would I would have had a hard time not being overly judgmental of him. Now let's make it broader, right? So forget about the dogs for a second. Forget about animals and everything else. I, I'm sure in 17 years, uh, you had some despicable characters come on, either deadbeat dads or abusers or whatever that were coming on. Uh, was it your job? Or was it ever your job to have to deal directly with somebody who was a, a despicable character? Well, I guess I, I sort of see the world in a different way. Like, I think, you know, we, we definitely had people on who had troubles in their lives. and But I, I really feel like everybody's a human being and everybody makes mistakes. And, you know, we, we didn't have people on who didn't have a real reason to be on. And we didn't have them on if they had just done horrible things and hadn't sort of, like, Redeemed. Well, try to yeah. Redeemed yeah, we tried to you know we tried to be careful about that. We would never want to get we never wanted to give a platform to somebody who wouldn't use it for good. And so mostly we we dealt with people who were just like all of us, totally imperfect, um, and who maybe had made a mistake that they were on to talk about, but not somebody who had just done something horrible for the sake of sort of sharing that deed. We weren't like you know we were careful about that. Was was Team Oprah a a reflection or a um, like a microcosm of of her attitude towards the world? Did it just naturally uh, occur? Because I imagine she is just such a tremendous presence as far you know mentally, emotionally. Did uh, did people gravitate to her like yourself? Well, you, you, you can tell by the last statement you met. You're, you're a big-hearted lady, right? You're big-hearted, yeah. right? You don't want to. You're not For judging sure. people. I said despicable. You're like, yeah, nobody's oh, despicable. Well, I, just, I mean, yeah. you know, I'm not always. I'm, I can be very judgmental. <laughs> right. Okay. All <laughs> you know. right. But still, uh, but, but I, always, I, always, I think we tried. Like for the show, the show like was its own like thing. You know, it was like a living being. And I think for the show, we always wanted to make sure we were. Um, careful of what we put out to the audience, you know? So we tried to be really smart about it and do it in a way that wasn't going to cause harm. You, you know, you're touching And that on, was from her directly. You, you're touching on something. You're touching on something uh, that, that borders on, on, on discussing responsibility because when you are influencing the amount of people that Oprah influenced... I mean, she would mention a book, and and the book would be a bestseller. She could bring a a, a guest on, very talented, uh, like uh, Mary uh, Marianne Williamson, for example. I mean, yep. uh, you know, Oprah launched Mary uh, Marianne. Uh, I mean, somebody who deservingly should have been launched, right? Of course, uh, but uh, but launched her, Doctor Phil. I mean, I you know, you can give a list of people that she launched, 
And I imagine that there has to be, uh, well, I won't put words in your mouth, but was there a sense of responsibility uh, from uh, from your standpoint that, hey, look, we're, we're playing with dynamite here, right? We can influence, you know, ultimately <laughs> influence presidential elections. Let's make sure, right? Let's make sure uh, we, we handle everything as professionally as we can. Uh, was there a sense of responsibility there or did you kind of just go yeah. with the flow? No, that we had a huge sense of responsibility and we took it very seriously. And I think everyone on the staff was in alignment on that. Like, you know, obviously it came from her, but we all, I feel like all those people sort of came together because, you know, we wanted to do TV that made an impact, but we also all really wanted to do the right thing. You mentioned doing 200 shows a year and, uh, you know, that's, you know, that's something, I mean, here on radio and a much smaller scale, we do even more than that. But sometimes, like, we'll weed them out and we'll do whatever. Was there was there any of that in the process? Did you shoot uh, many more shows that, uh, than you used? And is there, a, a like, a, a large catalog of Oprah shows that have just never been played? No, I, I, I don't even think we have any that haven't aired. There might have been one along the way that maybe just had no real reason, but for the most part, everything we shot aired. But, but you know, there might be a few here and there, but I can't really remember what they were. But for the most part, you know, we had a schedule. You know, we were on the air every day. Another, so We didn't have the luxury to not air stuff, really. <laughs> you know, we had to do it to the best of our ability. Another reminder yeah. that this is Frank McKay, but more importantly, Lisa Erspema, uh, Urs Palmer, right? That's it. And uh, is a yeah. wonderful uh, author and, and book creator, uh, show creator as well. Uh, 17 years as a producer, and she's worked in every department of the Oprah Winfrey Show that you can imagine, and uh, including overseeing the booking, which I find absolutely fascinating, and helped launch uh, the the Oprah's network, and that must have been a very exciting situation as well. And she is the creator of a letter to my mom, and uh, a letter to my dog, a letter to my cat, please get them, but uh, again, let, let's give a website uh, once again, uh, it, it's, uh, you know, I know it's a letter to my mom.com, is it, basically? Yep, letter to my mom.com, and then, or cat, dog, but a letter to my mom.com is most active right now, because we're currently out there with this book, and people are posting some really, you know, great stuff. We shot some videos, some of our contributors, surprising their moms with their letters, and that's on there, too, and it's really... It's really, really sweet. Heart-wrenching. It'll make you cry, but in a good way. Yeah. Well, we have about three minutes left with uh, Lisa Erspalmer. And, uh, Lisa, uh, what what's the future look like for you? Do you have uh, do you have an end game in sight? It seems like you've done everything you imaginable. Um, oh. But you do sound ambitious. You sound like, you know, right. you, are you a goal setter? Um, I think, you know, I don't know if I'm a goal setter, but I do – we, we have our own company. We started this, I started the company a couple of years ago. And, you know, I think what we, you know, want to keep doing is what we're doing, which is creating content that makes people feel something. You know, we, we sort of think that if people don't have a physical reaction to something that we created, we didn't really do our job. And that's sort of the focus of what we're building. And we want to be in lots of different platforms. So whether it's publishing books or doing a film or TV, or digital content, it's all, we just think if you have a great story, there's a place it should live, and we want to be the people that help make that, make it find a home. So, you know, we're still producing, we have TV stuff that we're working on, and digital content, and companies we work for, and um, 
you know, it's definitely been a learning curve, but a, but a really great one. I, I can I can't imagine being in a situation where you're more connected to more uh, different types of folks that um, that are out there. And I'm just looking through the book, and and there's not only you know just big stars, but I mean different backgrounds, people from different backgrounds, people from different viewpoints, and it's yeah. really an amazing collection. Uh, how many? Uh, how long did it take to weed out? Uh, all of these, uh, you know, all of the, the people who weren't, you know, I don't want to say weren't worthy, but just uh, who didn't make it in the book. Well, we try to be careful about that because we don't want to hurt people's feelings. Well, I don't mean their names, but I mean, how many people? Yeah, yeah. well, we, we, we set out for a certain number that we want to have in, you know, somewhere between 60 and 70. And that's usually where we land. We try not to, like, broaden it too wide so that we don't have to have too many people disappointed i mean obviously there are always people that don't make the book and it's not a small number but um we try to keep it a little contained so that it's not too many but we have people who submit letters to our blog and we you know obviously go out and ask people that we know and then we ask people who maybe if we saw a really compelling story in the news we might ask somebody if they you know want to participate because he wanted to feel like a good mix, like there's a little bit of something in there for everybody. It's uh, it's wonderful. I mean, it's a, just a wonderfully put together book. A letter to my mom is the name of the latest in a series of books, uh, very heartfelt stories, and by, by a lady who's uh, uh, unbelievably impressive. I've everything I've ever read oh. about you is just uh, amazing. What a career you're having, and and it's still going strong, and you've. What 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 pedigree you have? Oprah Winfrey, uh, Tom Schneider. Prior to that, Lisa Erspalmer is our very special guest, and and we're out of time, unfortunately. We can we can get you for a part two or part three somewhere along the line, Lisa. Well, I'll come back anytime. I love talking to you. Yeah, well, the same here, Lisa. Just wonderful, and congratulations on everything. And a letter to my mom dot com. Please go there, and a letter to my dog dot com a letter to my cat dot com uh no kidding get all three of them just a, a oh, wonderful thanks. lady lisa thank you very much all right thank you have a great day this is frank mckay tuning off and i would like to thank everyone for, for tuning in to us a letter to my mom by lisa erst palmer is the name of the book we will see you next time on breaking it down